The first reading is from Isaiah, the second chapter. The word that Isaiah, son of Amoz, said concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be lifted up above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it, and many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between nations, and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The psalmody for today is Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is, fa- that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. The second reading is from Paul's letter to the Romans, the 13th chapter. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments... You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling law. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand, so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the, f- for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord. Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man, For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken, one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, 
one taken, one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day the Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This is the gospel of the Lord. So some seasons are kind of high energy and kind of excitable seasons. And for, for whatever it's worth, for me, Advent's kind of a time to have permission to relax and just be kind of calm about it all. It's not about high energy. It's about holding on to truths with, with a sincere heart and the stability, if you will. Thinking about Advent, today's the first Sunday of a new church year. This is day one of the 52 weeks that we have coming up. Advent, this Sunday of Advent, this is the first Sunday of Advent, the first day of a new year. And we, we know about that. Many of us raised in the Lutheran church or in liturgical churches know that. But there's a lot of people in the world that do not attend church or they've attended and it's been a long time, or they go to churches that don't celebrate the seasons, this life cycle of Jesus' life every year. There's a lot of that in this world. And um, so if they ask you what's happening in your church and why does your pastor change the, the stole colors and why do you change the decorations, I mean the beautiful decorations, why a wreath, why blue candles, what is Advent? What would you say to them about Advent? And again, we're... Because the gift of us is our, our size. We get to have a relationship and intimacy. And even in the sermon times, it's not always just sit and get. If I was to ask, what does Advent mean? What would you say? What would be some of the words that come to mind? Advent. Preparation. Preparation. What else? Anticipation. Anticipation. What else? A coming. Waiting. A waiting. What else? Anything else comes to mind with Advent? Renew. A hope and a renew. So when you're talking to your friends about those, these are all good words. They are a part. Advent isn't a single, it's not like one plus one is two. There's just only two. Advent covers a big spectrum of time and truth. Advent, this is what it would mean if you look up the church ways of presenting it. Advent is the coming, so we have the coming, the waiting of the coming, into existence or of being. So something is coming into existence, right? It's just not coming down the road. It's, it's like be, it's coming to life, if you will, from nothing. So there's, that's a part of Advent into being. But it also means the arrival of someone or something that is very special. Advent. So Advent for us then is a, is a kingdom of God doing this, of, of coming into existence, coming into being, and the arrival of this God who loves so much in the past, the present, but it's also the future. When you're thinking of Advent, you listen to the day's Bible lessons, it wasn't about a cute baby that's going to be born in, in, in 24 days for us as a church. It's not about that. Today's Advent lesson, first Sunday of Advent, had nothing to do with the Christ child story. We're in Advent. So in this Advent, we're remembering the past. And we believe that, that God and God's kingdom has come in the person of Jesus Christ. It has happened. That son was born of the Virgin Mary. And that son lived and he loved and he taught. And he gave us his absolute best. Every day it was his best in love. And he would raise people up and he brought healing and comfort to them and hope to them in the midst of a very difficult life. That happened. 
That's in the past. But we also believe in Advent that it's a very present moment, a very now moment. It's alive and well here. It's between us. We believe that God's kingdom is here and now in his word. When we hear the words, it's like God can be speaking to our minds and our hearts, and he's with us. He's telling us the truth in a tender love. He's trying to have us hold on to his truth and let go of all the lies that would destroy us, right? And when we receive a sacrament, you can hear Jesus saying, this is my body given for you. The gift is for today, and this is my blood. It is shed for you. It is for us today. It is alive and here and now moment. So Advent is past, and it is the present, but Advent is also very much in the future. But because we believe that Jesus will come again in this future time, we don't know exactly when, where, or how, but we believe his words to be true because God is a promise keeper. He has always been a promise keeper. It's not about humanity's faithfulness. It's about his love and his commitment to love us and his promise keeping. And so we know that there will be a heaven and an earth and he's going to invite us in that place. Whether it's when my body dies and I go back to the dirt and I meet him then or whether he comes like in the next three seconds or in the next 30 years, but he's coming again and we will meet him and he will take us to that place. We believe this to be true. Advent, there's a depth and a richness to Advent. It's kind of hard to say in just a couple of words, right? It's about things past, now, and future. And as you think about this, the story of Advent, once you think about it, is a love story. When you look at the Bible books from Genesis to Revelation, can you read that? And it's very possible in this coming year, um, the church, we're going to decide, make a commitment. We're going to buy Bibles. The Bible's about 20 bucks, and it's a read through the Bible in a year Bible, and it's in chronological order. So it starts with the first day in creation, and it ends. And so some of the books are presented in different orders, but there's a January 1 day, a January 31st day, a February 5th. I mean, there's a day, and there's a reading for every day. And at the end of next year, of the year of 2020, think about vision, right? If we want to have God's vision, we will read God's words and we will seek his vision because we have a lot of neat things to do as a congregation that he wants us to do. This next year, we'll dedicate ourselves to reading through that Bible in a year. And as we do so, we'll hear it as a love story from beginning to end, that in spite of how the people behave, God still loves. And no matter what trouble they get themselves into, God wants to rescue and to save. And God wants to give them provisions, all of his good things in a good land and keep those promises now, but also for all eternity. A love story. When you see this Advent story in this next year, think of a love story with God. Now, the, now, now with that said, what were the first words we got out of the gospel lesson? What were the first words that Jesus was saying to us? What story did he reference? Do you remember that? What story was referenced in the gospel lesson? Starts with an N. Noah. Wow. We're talking about hope. We're talking about eternal life. And what does he do? He slams us with Noah. It's like, what are you, what's going on with this? You know, out of the whole Noah story, there were like seven or eight people saved. I mean, the earth is flooded. Everybody's wrecked. When I read that, my first instinct is that's not a good news. Right? I see myself as one of those drowning people. How long can I tread water type of people? And, and, it, and that, my reaction to the Noah story is kind of that. Like it's a special selection of people. And everybody else has no hope unless you're in that special selection. Like there was a surprise exam, a final examination, and I wouldn't pass it. 
I mean, whatever this one is, a thief coming, I'm going to be asleep. I, when you read the Noah story for most people, unless you're one of the seven or eight, it doesn't turn out so well. But that's the first line of the gospel book. And then right after that, there's some more troubling things. Two guys are working. How many are, how many are saved? One. What's the percentage of failure rate? 50%. Two women are working. How many are saved? How many are perishing? One. What's the, what's the success rate? I'm not really all that comfortable with that, right? When I read those lessons, that's the first Sunday of Advent lessons we get today. Two are in the field. One's taken. One is left. Two women grinding mill. One is taken. One is left. Now, looking into that, thinking that where's the love story in this? And where's the hope in this? There's an interesting word for that word taken. Greek word is paralambanomai. All right, you're gonna we're gonna practice this one. Four parts: para, lam, ban, omai. We'll say it together. One, two, three. Para lambanomai. One more time. Para lambanomai. Now this time, just whisper it. Para lambanomai. We'll say it in normal voice. Para lambanomai. This time, kind of loud, like you know what you're saying, because we said it a few times, right? Para lambanomai. All right. The best combination of words that translate that taken. Well, there's a part of it that's taken that's part of the translation, but it's bigger than that, kind of like the Advent message. Here's what it means. To go along with. To go along with. Or to come along with. Parlambanamai. It is implying a willingness to accompany. It is implying an acceptance of an invitation. Much like the willingness that the disciples had when Jesus showed up and they were working at the nets that day. And he says, come guys, follow me. And they were willing to follow. They were willing to accompany. And he went down the path a little bit further and he said to some other guys working, come and follow me. And they said, okay, Lord, we will accept your invitation and we will follow you. Paralambanamai. The understanding of that then changes the way you read that. At least it does for me. It changes how you read the words. It changes how we understand the message. Two, here's, here's how it would be translated. Two men are working in the field. One is accepting the Lord's invitation and is willing to go along with the Lord. One rejects the Lord's invitations. He stays and works. Or with the women. Two women are going to be grinding meal together. One accepts the Lord's invitation, is willing to accompany the Lord. One refuses the Lord's invitation. And she continues in her ways. It sounds differently, right? It's not random. It's not like you, you're just surprised and either you got to get out of jail free card or you don't. It's not like that. It's an invitation. Would you follow me? The gospel lesson is given to us is not meant to terrify us. We don't start off the season of Advent with a terrifying message. It's not about a special selection in a secret club it's not about a surprise final examination. It's not being, being hurt by someone when your guard is down or being robbed when you're falling asleep or when you're on vacation. No, the word of God is given to us by Jesus. It is a sincere and a loving and a welcoming word. An invitation that waits for our accepting response. He puts the invitation out there. He says, look for it. It's coming. Stay awake. I want you to come with me. 
His inviting message goes out to everybody, by the way. It goes out to the working class, business class, religious class, tax collectors, the rich, the poor. It doesn't matter your economy. It doesn't matter your country, where you live and how you live. None of that. The Heavenly Father's invitation goes out to all. He is seeking to restore the addicted ones. He's seeking to restore the wounded ones, the broken ones, the twisted ones, the hurting lives and hearts, the ones who are just having hardship all the time. He is for all of those. He came, put all the stories of Jesus together. Why did Jesus come? He came to seek and to save the lost, which was everybody. He came that all might have life and have it abundantly. We've heard that. Jesus came because he wants to set all people free from all the guilt and all the, the sin and all the shame and all the junk that we're, all the stuff we were enslaved to by economies that we choose. He came to set us free from all of that. He came hoping that he could gather everybody into his protection. He sat outside to Jerusalem and he, he said, Oh, Jerusalem, I wish I could gather you as a hen would gather her brood. That was his wish. He wants to love us and to protect us, to bless us. When you have two people working out in the field, two people in school studying hard, two people out hunting, two people out shopping, two people out playing golf, Jesus doesn't want one of two. He's not interested in a success rate of about 50%. He wants them all home. Jesus wants 100% of you and I and the people in this world, that when he comes and he says, follow me, that we would leave whatever we're consumed with in the moment and that we would recognize our Lord and we would hear his invitation and we would say, yes, Lord, and drop this and grab hold of him with both hands. Now, with that understanding in mind, then you go back to how you read the Noah story. The Noah story. When our Lord was looking at the world, it was, not, it was a tragic It was a heartbreaking event when he's looking at the world that day. They were consumed with their flesh agendas, what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, how they're going to use each other physically, how they're going to win, how they're going to succeed in war. I mean, they were consumed with that world, and it was not pretty, and it broke his heart. And so he looks, and at least he finds one family who would love him, and one family that would be true to heaven's ways, and one family that would say no to the world and actually do what he said, build an ark and find life. That story was up there. He's looking at all this world and says, oh, I can't wait to get even with these people. They're a bunch of losers and sinners. It wasn't about that. He looked upon the world with love, and the world did not love him. And when he put out an invitation, only seven said yes. So he saved seven. God looked with love. He offered his gifts. And seven said yes. Many people perished in the flood, but not all. God didn't want to condemn them all. He gave them another chance. Even though they're the same people and they might get the same outcome, he loves so much, he says, I'll give you another chance and another chance and another chance in this long love story. Advent again. Jesus ended today's gospel lessons with some very important words for us as a people. He says this, Therefore, you must be ready. 
from I'm coming at an unexpected hour. I don't even know when I'm coming, so please be ready every day, every minute. And being ready means that will, will you love my father love now? Will you strive to love me now? Will you strive to love each other now? Will you, will you participate in my holy will and my holy ways now and have the best of life now? I want to bless you with the very best. I don't want you consumed with the lies and the garbage of the world. I want you to have heaven's treasures now. So please focus on that now and be ready so that when I come, you'll hear my voice that the world won't be so loud with all the business you surround yourself with that you can't hear my voice and that the world won't be so full in your eyes that you won't be able to see me in it. I will be a simple little candle burning and I will be inviting you, come to me. He tells us, be, therefore, be ready. They're not a threat words. They are a loving request. They are a strong, loving request from the Son of God because when He comes, He wants all of His people to say, thank you, Lord, for your love story. Thank you. Thank you for coming again. Thank you for being with us here and now. Thank you for the promises that you've made then and you made now and the promises you're keeping going forward. Lord, thank you that you've prepared a place for me and now I get to be with you in that place for all eternity. Advent. It's a beautiful season. It's a simple season. God help us be his people. Amen. Let us declare our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, you create the longing in our souls, the love in our hearts, and the faith in Christ who delivers us. We pray today with the prophet Isaiah that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Let the world see your presence in our lives. Work in our lives so that our actions honor you, our words praise you, and our spirits adore you and submit to you. Keep us alert to the signs of your ruling and reigning and make our hearts ready for your return. Lord, in your mercy, Father, lead this congregation in ways that are right and teach us your way. Mature us in you so that we may grow in faith, proclaim the good news, delight in making disciples, and serve in Christ's name. Help us to honor the trust you have placed in us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, by your spirit, move in those we name before you this day. Bring celebration, bring healing, bring peace, bring hope, each as you determine them in their need. We ask for your blessing upon those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, especially those we name in our hearts now. We ask for your comfort and hope upon those who mourn, especially those we name in our hearts now. 
We ask for your healing and peace upon those who are enduring physical and life challenges, especially those we name in our hearts now. We ask for your protection and provision for soldiers and their families while they are away, especially those we name in our hearts now. We ask you to prepare us to serve at Feed the Need. We ask you to gather the families we are to serve. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to prepare for the return of your only Son. Help us to be awake and alert to the ways he comes into life this week. Be our light and our way, our healer and guardian of our souls. Into your hands we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.